Guys, guys, guys. Did you guys know about the bony-eared ass fish? Because if not, you are gonna learn today. I am so excited about this thing that you are getting a whole bonus mini episode just for it. I, I heard about this magnificent creature from a friend, and guys, I am in love. Imagine an eel and taper off the tail so that his body is all fat, but the tail is thin and pointy. Uh, then make it shorter, somewhere around a foot or about 30 centimeters in length. Kind of looks like a weird tadpole at this point, right? Now imagine spines like a neck frill pointing out of its gills like right behind the eyes, kind of like the frill of a dragon. Then picture these soulless black eyes that just scream that they just want to be loved but they've been hurt one too many times and that listening to Lincoln Park is the only remedy. And put that beautiful creature at the bottom of the sea. You just pictured yourself the bony-eared assfish, or Aconthonus armatus, first of his name. I don't even say that as a joke, either. So far, it is the only known member of its whole genus. And think about that, too. The bony-eared assfish is its real, honest-to-goodness, official common name. The name literally had to pass nomenclature committees, and it did. It's not the only fish that's called an assfish, because there's also the Galathea assfish, the abyssal assfish, and the robust assfish, but those are all actually different enough to warrant not sharing a genus with our bony-eared friend, though they are all what scientists call cusk eels. The bony-eared assfish is a bathypelagic zone, or midnight zone, fish, meaning that it exists just out of reach of the light. And like most deep-sea fish, we know very little about it, but the stuff that we do know makes me love this thing with every fiber of my ocean hippie being. First up on that short list of assfish facts is actually a world record. This little fish actually currently holds a real record, and it concerns the fish's brain. Are you ready for this? The bony-eared assfish has the lowest recorded brain mass to body mass ratio of all vertebrate animals. Now, it's easy to assume that the small brain-big-body ratio means that the animal is dumb as bricks, but what do we not do in science? Jump to conclusions based on one piece of data. That's right, assuming the assfish is dumb is not a valid conclusion from this data alone. Across the animal kingdom, we actually see that sheer brain-to-body mass ratio is not a super accurate predictor of an animal's intelligence, and to be honest, we still have a pretty nebulous grasp on what intelligence actually means anyway, but still, are you not endeared? The mere fact alone that this thing has such a tiny, tiny brain makes me love it so much more. Even more hilarious is the fact that this tiny brain makes for a sizable amount of cranium space. But does that mean this fish is empty-headed? Oh, absolutely not. It actually fills that empty space in its skull with, and, um, oh god, where's the scientific term here? Um, uh, right, floaty brain juice. Oh, wait, sorry, I, I meant cranial fluid. I always get those two mixed up. It is true, though, so get this. Fish have really great buoyancy, right? They can not only dart side to side, but they can control their height in the water column with enough ease to make any dive master seethe with jealousy. 
In most bony fish, this is due to a swim bladder. That's this specialized organ that they have within themselves that can actually be inflated and deflated with gas, much like how scuba divers use their buoyancy control vests to control their own buoyancy while underwater. But, but, the ass fish doesn't actually have a swim bladder. A paper in 1978 found that, instead of an internal swim bladder to regulate buoyancy, instead it actually might fill the empty space within its cranium with a fluid that provides static lift to the fish. So it stands to reason, then, that by regulating this floaty brain juice, the fish can actually help control its lift in the water. Like, I have heard of airheaded, but this is absolutely next level. And if you thought that having world record holding small brain and using floaty brain juice for buoyancy control was enough bony-eared assfish facts for one day, then you thought like an idiot, because it is also theorized that this fish might also have super senses. Observations on the brain anatomy from a 1987 paper stated that the fish might have particularly strong senses when it comes to detecting movement, pressure, vibration, or sound in the surrounding water. Now, this theory is due to the fact that certain sections of the brain and the brainstem are larger, relatively speaking, of course, um, and this suggested that it had particularly sensitive lateral line sensitivities. Now, the lateral line is something that exists in most fish. You can actually usually see it with the naked eye when you're looking at a fish from the side. It looks exactly like its name. It's a line of small dots or tiny pores that bisects the fish laterally, usually from right behind the gills running all the way down the fish to the middle of its tail fin, or more accurately, the caudal fin, if any of you are fish anatomy nerds out there. The lateral line is not just a fashion statement, it's actually a series of sensory organs. Kind of like our eyes see, our nose smells, or our skin feels, the lateral line helps give fish their senses, and they are super senses, as the lateral line is linked to sensing movement, vibration, and pressure, and some species specialize it further to be able to perceive electricity in the water. Uh, the paper noted that pertinent areas of the brainstem and cerebellum are large. This observation suggests that the fish's lateral line and vestibular senses are particularly acute. So, fish already have super senses because of the lateral line, but the ass fish has super, super senses. The paper also noted an observation of heavy saccular otoliths in the animal's cranial cavity. Uh, otoliths are something that even we have as humans. There are these structures that are within the ear that actually help us hear. So the researchers theorized that the presence of these heavy otoliths meant a particular sensitivity to low-frequency sound. I, I don't know about you, but I can barely hear somebody who's talking to me in a crowded bar, and this thing can perceive sounds that my brain can't even fathom. Who has the small, smooth brain now? All of this puts together for a theory on how the animal lives and hunts. The 1987 paper was really all I could find on the subject, but it does seem to point to a low-energy lifestyle of hovering calmly above the seafloor and then striking to feed on prey living in the seafloor muck. After all, being down in the cold, sunless depths, it's likely very difficult to build muscle for any type of super-active lifestyle. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel a particular kinship to the bony-eared ass fish. I can't help but feel like I'm rooting for the little guy. Everything from your unfortunate name 
to your low charisma score might be against you, my friend, but to me, bony-eared is beautiful. Rock on with your badass fish self. That's it for this mini bonus episode of Biodiversity. I hope you enjoyed finding a new deep-sea friend just as much as I have. Remember, guys, how someone looks on the outside is so often not a good indicator of what majesty and wonder they might have sparkling beneath. If you like the show, give it a rating on your favorite podcast app, or a review if you're feeling generous. Either way, I hope you keep listening for more riveting content like this, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>